I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. friends, welcome to the show. You're listening to Once Upon a Gene, and I'm your host, Effie Parks. We just released a new episode of Once Upon a Gene TV on the Disorder channel. In fact, we also released it on YouTube because the importance of the subject matter. I'll include the link in my show notes, or you can Google Once Upon a Gene TV YouTube. Our subject matter, we're talking about grief. There's a new show on Disney Plus called WandaVision, so get caught up on that show if you don't want any spoilers. We also have a special guest, author and rare mom Becky Benson, sharing her perspective on the matter. She lost her daughter to Tay-Sachs after only three short years. That's also the title of her book on grief and loss. Please keep in touch and let us know what you think about the show. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you. Many of you may be familiar with All Stripes as the first and only research platform dedicated to rare diseases. All Stripes makes it easy for patients to contribute to new treatment studies from home. They do the work to collect, analyze, and de-identify medical records to help power faster, better drug development. They're translating medical data into actionable insights to unlock new treatments for rare disease. I've had the pleasure of meeting a few people from their team, and the passion and dedication about their workplace and their mission, it's just amazing. And today, I'm talking with their brilliant scientific affairs and research manager, She's the sweetest, and she's giving us a rundown on all things All Stripes. Please enjoy my conversation with Caitlin Nichols. Hi, Caitlin. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to chat with you. Hi, Effie. It's such a pleasure to join you. Thanks for having me. Yes, definitely. I've met two of your amazing colleagues so far from All Stripes. You're all over the place and you're all just so genuine. And I love how you are so engaging on social media, especially. So. I'm really excited to just put one more of you in my pocket. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, we have a great team, um, so I'm, I'm sure that they'd be happy to hear that. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us all what All Stripes is and perhaps your journey to becoming a part of it? Sure. So All Stripes Research is a medical data science company uh, specifically focused on rare disease. So. We started uh, about three years ago. Uh, one of our co-founders, Anu Faber, uh, was actually diagnosed with a rare condition, and he had been in tech and building customer-facing products. And when he was diagnosed with his condition, neurofibromatosis type two, he was really kind of struck by you know the lack of resources and the siloing of data that he saw in rare disease. And so he partnered with our other co-founder, who's now our CEO, Nancy Yu, to develop All Stripes. Uh, at the time, it was called RDMD. And really, the mission of RDMD and now All Stripes is to help patients and families with rare diseases to participate in research and to accelerate the 
speed of that research so that we can help get new treatments. So what we do as a company is provide a platform where patients or caregivers can sign up. And for the conditions that we're hosting on the platform, we'll collect all of the patient's medical records at no cost to the patients and families. They sign a HIPAA authorization for us to do that if they'd like. And then they also have the opportunity to sign a research consent that allows us to dig back into the medical records and extract de-identified data about the patient's condition or other conditions that are associated with their disease. Um, and then we can do research on that data to help understand a lot of different facets of rare disease. So how can we speed diagnosis? which treatments are effective. And this information can also be used for programs in pharmaceutical development. So uh, drug companies many times need to go and have conversations with the FDA as they're trying to get a drug approved. Sometimes in rare disease, the FDA doesn't even really know much about the disease. And so the pharma companies are really having to do a lot of education there. So we provide the services to host and analyze that data to help pharma companies to speed their submissions to the FDA and, and other things that they need to develop drugs. In terms of my pathway to all stripes, I have always been interested in rare and genetic conditions. I majored in molecular biology in college at Brigham Young University and then moved on to do a doctorate at Harvard in cancer genetics. And my work there um, focused on some kinds of both rare and common uh, genetic changes that we think might be able to help us with cancer treatment. But as I was uh, moving out of my doctoral work, I really wanted to do something that was closer to patient care. So I was able to have a short stint at 23andMe where I helped on their patient health product, uh, which is you know a great sort of forum for educating people about genetics and also helping them understand their health. And then had the opportunity to come over to All Stripes where I work on the research team, wearing a, a broad number of hats, but specifically working in some of our commercial and academic partners partnerships, helping to understand what are the research questions that folks want to ask and how can we ask those questions using the data that we have, as well as thinking about how can we return meaningful research insights back to patients and communities to help with their education and advocacy efforts. Uh, and so it's, it's really been a pleasure to use my scientific training and to be introduced to so many wonderful people in the rare disease community. Yeah, Caitlin, like your background and your education and just like your career path to All Stripes is, is just really amazing. And I can't believe you are as young as you are and just as soft as you are. I think when people see that stuff on a resume, they have a different expectation of maybe what one would be like. And I just think that it's so interesting that this all brought it to All Stripes and what you're contributing to them. It's so cool. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, we I don't I don't have rare disease patients in my family, but I do have, you know, other folks with conditions. And so seeing that from a, a first person standpoint, I, I think it's just really important for us to all be aware and empathetic that, you know, people are carrying burdens and it's kind of our responsibility as humans to try to lift those burdens and help when we can. Can you go back to the beginning of your founder and obviously he's living with a rare disease and found a need and used his gifts and his education and all of that to kind of go into action and create it. But what would you say for people who are just entering the rare disease world and who don't really know a lot about what to do next? Can you kind of break it down of what those roadblocks were for him and what you mean about how data is being siloed 
or has been being siloed until amazing companies like this started popping up recently? Sure. So I think in Anno's journey, one of the things that was really challenging, and I, I know that this is the case for many rare conditions, is that there weren't any on-label treatments for his condition. And so, you know, he was having to try different drugs, uh, in some cases working with, you know, can I even get insurance to approve my use of this drug? Uh, because it's not actually on label for, for his condition. And so, you know, the, the idea that you're having to try different drugs and, and not knowing which one is going to be most effective that's that's a pretty challenging thing to go into, I think, as a, as a patient or as a caregiver. And so, you know, that's something that we hope to address with some of our studies is, you know, really looking into the medical records to see if, if patients are on this treatment versus that treatment, are they having better outcomes so we can help inform clinical care and remove some of those question marks and, you know, people having to try drugs that maybe aren't effective. I think another barrier that you uh, went back to is the the siloing of data and not, not to put down anyone by any means in the rare disease community because everyone is really pushing for, you know, to share knowledge and to to speed research as much as possible. But it can be challenging, especially for, you know, sometimes there are centers of excellence for a condition or maybe, you know, in order to participate in a trial, you have to be able to go to the site in person. And, uh, you know, that can be challenging for folks that live really far away, obviously, economically, or if you have a condition that makes travel challenging. And so there are these barriers to access to not just care, which we you know think about, but also to participate in research. Um, and then that can be challenging as well due to, you know, patient privacy concerns, which is obviously super important that if, you know, a patient has signed a consent with a particular institution for a particular study, how do you then share that data with a researcher on the other side of the world, are they, you know, is that included in what the patient has uh, said is okay to use their data for? And, and so it can be really challenging to work with all these disparate organizations to really push things forward. And so that's one of the things that we try to do at All Stripes is having a broad consent uh, that covers, you know, many, many different kinds of studies without having to go back and ask patients and families every time, okay, we're doing something slightly different. Can we now, you know, still use the de-identified data? But then also we don't do exclusive partnerships at All Stripes. So we, we want, you know, everyone who is qualified to do research to be able to use the de-identified data to push things forward um, rather than having things, you know, kind of stuck at a particular institution or in a particular country. I love that. Really accelerating everything that uh, is a barrier for all of us, even just simple things like getting one doctor to talk to another is still sometimes extremely difficult for most people. I know for me, I'm so glad that technology is there now and all of this stuff is moving because I think that it's really going to help drugs be developed and maybe even create a more affordable world for this because of companies like this who are doing not necessarily the middleman work, but really closing that gap. You know, I think that's been a challenge with this kind of research that we do. It's called real world data, where it's, you know, kind of in messy data out in the wild, not something in a, in a carefully controlled clinical trial where everyone is getting the exact same test or, you know, seeing the exact same set of doctors. But it's really important, especially in rare disease, because if we only focused on data that you could collect in that carefully controlled environment of a clinical trial, in some cases, we wouldn't have anything. And so, 
we really want to leverage the power of you know existing information that's already out there in patient medical records but then you know do that in a way that is really centralized and helping patients to participate as opposed to you know i think what oftentimes is done in pharma is you have to hire one person to do this part one person to do this part one person to do this part and then you come up with all this data and we we just really want to streamline it uh, but in a way that also has patients to be more involved in the process and to uh, have a voice in, you know, and a seat at the table because really they are, you know, such a, and arguably the most important voice in determining the pathway forward. Yes, which is also something that's really beautiful to see being noticed. And so cool that you're able to, like you said, not just have this special group of people that can contribute, but to the person who maybe doesn't even have a computer and being able to include all of these patients and their data without maybe having the means to on the reg. To, to your point of being inclusive, that's actually one of the uh, inspirations behind our name of all stripes, you know, kind of that saying people of all stripes, uh, we really want to be as inclusive as possible. As we know, you know, there's a huge diversity issue in medical research in general, but I think that also carries over to rare both, you know, racially, socioeconomic status, all of those things. And so we have uh, ongoing efforts to expand you know, how can we help folks who maybe don't have access to technology to still be able to consent? Or, for example, individuals who uh, have religious prohibitions on using technology, you know, but still want to participate in cons in, uh, in research. How can we help them to participate in a way that uh, works for their community? And so that's something that I really love about working at All Stripes is we want to be as inclusive as possible and to really bring the rare community together to, you know, harness this collective strength into something that can actually make a huge impact on the world. I love how you said that harness the collective strength. When you rebranded recently, it was very it was really apparent to me where your mission was using the zebra stripes and just how much you're you seem to be involved with the patients like for real on social media. Mm -hmm. It's very apparent that your mission is connected to the patients and that you are making an effort to give them that seat at the table that you talk about. And I wonder what have some of these patients brought to you personally? Has there been some sort of story or maybe something that one of these patients has done after finding All Stripes that has really just kind of pushed you and given you, you know, that motivation every morning to go back to work and fight for this rare disease community? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a couple examples that uh, come up you know, just off the top of my head, one is about every month we have either a patient or a foundation leader come to our patient team meeting and anyone in the company who wants to come can, you know, come and ask questions and listen and learn. And I attended one, I'd say a couple months ago, uh, and it was a rare mom who was talking about, you know, her fight to not just understand the condition, but reach out and contact all of these researchers. I think she said she had contacted like over 150 people over the course of several months, just, you know, trying to make any connection possible. And it was so, and, and you know, I think this is what anyone would do for their loved one or for their child, but it was so incredible to, I, I just felt really honored to be able to hear her story and to 
realize that, you know, this is why I, you know, I'm getting up in the morning and analyzing data or, or getting on a call to chat with scientists about what are, you know, the questions that they have for their research program and their goals. Literally everything we do is trying to drive this forward and that it's it's such an urgent need. Another example, recently we had a seminar with uh, one of our communities and it was just so exciting, you know, chatting beforehand with the foundation leaders and then afterwards as well, the the energy and the excitement around wanting to do whatever is possible to improve the lives of the people that they're serving with the condition. And and so, you know, in that instance, it's been really neat because we have been able to get feedback on, you know, these are some important research questions you guys might want to consider as you're moving forward uh, with this particular condition. What if, uh, you know, an idea would be, what if we actually surveyed the patients about these are the most important symptoms that are we're experiencing and then we can actually couple that with information from the medical records to create a fuller picture so we're not just focused you know only on what the clinicians are reporting but what's the real lived day-to-day experience of patients and so it's it's so exciting to get those kinds of ideas and feedback because it can only you know improve our work and our ability to serve the rare community more effectively that's really cool. Actually learning from the patients day to day and maybe having something so random of why it's hard to push the button on the dishwasher versus maybe something that interests doctor or clinician more that they think matters more when maybe it's just this small, st- tiny little bit in someone's life that's actually really affecting their day to day mostly. Yeah, definitely. It's really important for all of the communities that we work with. We always try to partner with you know, if there's an advocacy organization or a foundation um, so that we can really get plugged into, you know, what is important to the community? What are the challenges that you've been facing with research or with drug development? Or, you know, what can we do to give back to the community and really make an impact? Um, So that's something I appreciate about the company as well. It's like, I feel like people really are walking the walk in terms of putting the patients first. That's awesome to hear. And it's really, like I said, clear, even just from my experience with you. But I talk to probably most, if not many of the people who are connected to you with their foundations and the highest praises come from some of the biggest rare leaders. And I mean, that says that says it all right there, too. How do patients or advocacy groups sign up with All Stripes and where do they go? Sure. Yeah. So if someone is interested in starting a new community, say that we do not yet have the condition on the platform, they can reach out to us at community at all stripes and uh, someone from our patient team will reach back out to them. We have a short survey kind of helping us understand what is the size of your community and what are the needs that you have. So that would be a way to jumpstart a condition. There's also a button on our website if you scroll down at allstripes.com where you can see jumpstart your condition. We're adding new conditions all the time, and so I don't know the the accurate number off the top of my head. It's somewhere over 25 conditions now. Um, If you go to allstripes.com, you'll see a list of all of the patient communities that we have. And they can click and sign up there. There's a short account creation process, similar to what you would have for you know any kind of online account. And then patients can go through the flow of uh, deciding whether or not to accept a research consent, whether or not to sign a HIPAA authorization, and then provide us a list of their healthcare facilities. 
Um, and we try to make that as easy as possible. So we have, you know, for specific conditions, we might, uh, researchers might be really interested in audiology and oncology. And so we'll list, you know, do you, have you seen an audiologist? And you can just enter, you know, Dr. Jones, and then we'll follow up on the back end to figure out who that is. And so that whole process takes about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and we have support staff that can help walk through if there's any technical issues or any questions about uh, how to work through all those different aspects. I just imagine all of your All Stripes people in this big room with those phones just pounding on the phone, calling all these doctor's offices, getting reports. Yes, it's it's a very... Uh, a very intense process. And I, I admire uh, those folks a lot. They do really important work. And it's helped me, I think, empathize a lot more when, when patients you know, and families talk about the difficulty of collecting all their records, kind of seeing what our operations team do gives me a lot of uh, admiration. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see a day in the life of those people on the phone for sure. <laughs> I do have a question about those ultra rare and maybe even perhaps the rare diseases that don't even have a an official advocacy group formed. Do they have a chance submitting their rare disease when maybe there's under 10 patients worldwide known of? Or what What advice do you have for them? Yeah, I think definitely go ahead and submit. In terms of ultra rare, probably the smallest condition that we've worked in is a mitochondrial condition where I think there's only 100 patients known in the world. And we actually uh, had 13 of those patients sign on to the platform for ultra rare with less than 10 patients. I think, you know, we, we always want to learn about new conditions because one of our goals as a company is not just to accelerate research that's already ongoing, but to really jumpstart new research interest. And so we want to be able to say, okay, here is this cohort of patients Here's what it looks like, de-identified data, you know, academic Y or a pharma company X, you know, you should be interested in, in helping this community. In terms of folks who have not yet received a diagnosis, that I think that's a really tricky spot for research because, you know, one of the things we want to do is make sure that we can confirm a diagnosis so that we're keeping the quality of data high for, for any particular condition. Um, so we, we want to know, you know, if we're working in a study on a, a rare neurological condition that we actually are looking at patients that all have that condition so that we can really understand what's going on. But I know that there are resources available for folks who are in the undiagnosed category. And I think in future, we're definitely interested in moving in that direction. You know, are there ways that we can help individuals who do not have a diagnosis to help them find the appropriate community. I would say even reaching out to us at Community at All Stripes, it's possible uh, that we would have some connections that would be able to help, you know, even if at this stage there may not be a diagnosis or we might not be able to help with research right now, it's possible that we could know someone in the rare community that we would connect you with. So also on social media, we're always happy to chat with folks and share any resources that we might be uh, we might be involved in or aware of. Mm, that's a really generous invitation to connect and help anyone find someone else. Uh, okay, Caitlin, is there anything else that you want to leave with our audience about All Stripes and maybe what's going on next or what you're most excited for? 
Oh yeah, there's there's so many things, especially uh, we're just coming back from a holiday break, and so I think all very energized about 2021. I'm I'm really excited, and in my role right now, I'm helping to coordinate all the different publications that we're hoping to get out. You know, one of our, our big goals is to share data back out to the scientific community, and we're super excited this year to be working on a few different studies. For example, hoping to help get a particular condition added to a newborn screening panel, which would be um, a great social good to you know help patients and families get a diagnosis sooner, get resources sooner. We're looking at some partnerships with a, a large national research organization that you know will hopefully help to underscore why is it important for rare patients to get a diagnosis sooner, uh, just in terms of the human cost that goes along with bouncing from doctor to doctor to doctor and test after test. And so, you know, we, one of our goals is to launch a hundred conditions by the end of this year, uh, which is a, a lofty goal, but we are so excited to just continue to serve as much of the rare community as possible. And so if anyone wants to chat with us about uh, either the research that we're doing or um, how we might be able to help with a specific rare disease community, please feel free uh, to reach out to us. If you contact research at allstripes.com, you'll get someone on the research team or community at allstripes.com will take you uh, to someone on the patient team. And we're always happy to uh, answer questions or uh, just talk about possibilities. Yes, that's so exciting. And congratulations on anything that is in the works. We're so excited for you. And the ideas of reaching out to All Stripes with any questions or anything like that is real. And everyone is so friendly. So definitely contact them, get connected with them, go sign up on their website and let us all know if you have any questions. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you, Effie. I hope you have a great day. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha 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 